0: Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why. The podcast is all about digging into big questions and tricky topics by honest conversation. This week we're going to be looking at sleep. And actually as I've been preparing for this I've been thinking maybe there is no bigger subject than sleep. It's so fundamental so I'm really looking forward to digging into that. Today I'm joined by not one but two guests. They are TV presenter Kat QB and baby sleep expert and Norland qualified nanny Sarah Carpenter. Sarah has come off the back of a night shift so I'm in awe of you if you can even string it a sentence together because I am such a bad person when I don't sleep. Literally the world crumbles around me so hats off to you. The pair are best known for being hosts of a top 10 parenting podcast, the Sleep Mums and authors of Sleep Better Baby which disrupts the narrative around baby sleep whilst empowering parents with skills and confidence to get a good night's sleep. I'm reading that now, my younger, I've got three kids and my youngest is five. So I am out of those days, but wow, there is nothing like the pain of those. those. It's brutal, it's totally
1: yeah. brutal. And as you see, Sarah does it on the regular, <laughs> still. <laughs> she's She's got three kids, we both got three kids too. And she's choosing to go back into that space. <laughs>
0: There are times when I kind of go to bed at night and I just think, thank Christ I haven't got a newborn. (laughs) Uh, Because there is a special kind of, yeah, to be honest, hell, of being tired but not knowing when the next good night's sleep is coming from. It's, It's not something else, isn't it?
1: I don't know though I mean so I have seven and a five and a one-year-old so I'm kind of still in the thick of those early years as well but I I often find that my seven and five-year-old are up as often whether it's for a wee for a nightmare something like that and so um, and they, they sort of they need more Uh, more. yeah exactly Mm. so sometimes it can be more disruptive to going back to sleep like quite often after they've got me up so like I was thinking about that when we're talking about thinking about today that you know we say a lot that sleep isn't linear like you don't it doesn't fall in the straight line you're not going to crack baby sleep and then suddenly have a child that sleeps forever in the same way that you know as an adult you're not like oh I cracked sleeping through when I was 12 months old and then you know I've slept beautifully ever since just doesn't happen like that.
0: I think you're so right I think one of the biggest well there's a couple of ideas that we have about like the baby days you know get to 12 or 16 weeks and it'll be easier it's just like wow why we and I just really remember in the the beginning just crawling towards that and again with every subsequent child I had the confidence to know that I would sleep again they would sleep and as you absolutely say you're not going to get a baby that a child that sleeps through the night because as an adult you do not sleep through the night always it's not like hard and fast like that is it
2: I think there's so many kind of buzz phrases like that like sleeping through the night and you know convincing people that it's going to be six weeks 12 weeks 16 weeks and that just puts so much pressure on parents to get to these stages and then it doesn't happen and you know, people then are just so devastated and feel like failures when actually it was never going to happen that way and it's not as clean cut as that. So, yeah, it is really difficult. But I think, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is the fact that nobody sleeps through the night. Babies don't sleep through the night, children don't sleep through the nights, and adults do not sleep through the night. And I know... and And you definitely don't don't. (laughs) you know I'm like I I definitely am four hours and I and it's better if it's broken if I get more than that and more consistent than that I'm miserable I just feel ill so you know your body clock does adapt
0: what
1: (laughs) I know I know I'm 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 a good eight hours a night person to have to say but Sarah Sarah bucks the trend yeah
0: you and Margaret Thatcher, wasn't she really? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, that's a terrible... <laughs> that's why I was always told, you know, Margaret Thatcher existed on, yeah, four hours sleep. I'm a kind of, uh, around about seven is is good for me and I, yeah, I'm fine. It, and I think when I was younger, it was probably a bit more, but four hours, really? Yeah, I, I honestly feel hungover if I get more than that, so
2: and that's that's, me.
1: that's often true with parents as well mm-hmm. or or people who maybe work night shift yeah. or you know or 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 do have like s- difficulty sleeping that you know once they start to get more they can actually quite often feel
2: worse worse
1: for it so there has you know we were we were talking about this the other Mm -hmm. day there's almost sort of this I think three night minimum that you need to have had good night's sleep and then you start to feel a bit better so you'd say that you kind of need to get back into Mm -hmm. normal sleeping I think that's probably true for night shift
0: workers as well um, and parents Mm -hmm. actually yeah and it's what's strange for me is that you can have you can have like a couple of dodgy nights sleep and you feel fine. And then for some reason you have a, a one-off bad one and it absolutely knocks you. And my own feeling on that is is it, it's just a symptom of what else is going on in your life. And sometimes you've got capacity to, to go on no sleep and sometimes you desperately need that sleep.
1: Yeah. But, and it's also about needs. Like that's sort of, we, we, relate it massively and when we're talking about baby or child sleep about fulfilling your needs within a 24-hour period you know rather than like this sort of 12 hours day 12 hours night can be a bit misleading from that point of view you know um if you're having like really long naps you might not need a you might not need yeah. your seven hours
0: that's so true isn't it as you went you have both got three kids so I'm interested to know what your kind of journey with sleep as a parent was with those did your views change from one to the other did what what did you learn along the way it's a massive question but
2: I think mine so I was a sleep consultant long before I had children so um my first I felt like I put a lot of pressure on myself to be this or to have this perfect sleeper because it's what I do and it helped so many other people so it was like you know I I can't then not have a perfect sleeper um and with him I'll be honest, I think it was more a stroke of luck because I was really hormonal and emotional after having him, which, you know, I knew how to look after him. I knew all the what the the how to's, but I wasn't prepared for what I was going to feel like hormonally. So that really took over for me with him. Um, but he was an amazing baby and a fantastic sleeper and still is. And I never had to try with him. You know, it was very much, I put the things in place that, I know if you've got that perfect baby are going to work and it did work with him where but then with number two um I had Harry who at this point was only um 17 months so I had two under two and Harry was at that stage where he needed a lot Um, and then I had a new baby who had reflux so it was a completely different ball game and the things that I put in place for him were so different for what I'd put in place for Harry and then by the time it came to number three that was three under four and it was survival (laughs) she luckily loves her sleep and still does but it was that she didn't get the routine that the first two had got she she just kind of got on with it she brought herself up a little
1: bit actually thinking about it your kids have definitely not got your sort of not
2: sleeping oh no like (laughs) my kids love their sleep I'm the one that's like hounding them in the morning it's funny there's like memories pop up on Facebook where I'm like right come on guys I'm bored now can someone get up and hang out with me
1: Um, and my journey well Sarah and I wouldn't be pals and we wouldn't have (laughs) have a podcast and we wouldn't have written a book had my first not been such a terrible sleeper and uh, we had you know like uh, I think lots of uh, first-time parents like I read absolutely everything I was like as we were talking about at the beginning like so focused on these milestones of when things were going to happen but she had tongue tie and there was lots of feeding issues and I honestly even even reading everything I didn't know what to do the way that information was kind of distilled to me through the, a lot of those books felt quite patronizing made me feel like I was a bit of a failure uh, because I wasn't achieving these things um, and then I met Sarah and it totally blew up it saved my marriage <laughs> it saved my experience of parenthood and I was you know writing about and parenthood at the time and that was when I was like right we've we've got to put this stuff down in a book at some point but it became a thing that we were kind of joking about as friends like over a glass of wine um and after my second um I he was a brilliant sleeper but I had a horrible time sleeping because I had loads of emotional stuff going on postpartumly, and um, really struggling and I think that's why we always want to talk holistically about a family about the parents needing sleep as well because it can feel like it's something that's missed out of that conversation you know there's so much focus on baby sleep I, as it should be of course there the- the priority but parents really really need sleep and they need support within that as well and they need to not feel bad about saying holding their hands up and saying I'm really tired and I need help
0: I think you're so right and do you know what you speaking is the first time I really piece that together that I think it if you find yourself with a, a kid that doesn't sleep often it is a around a time when you're trying to you're probably struggling with parenting I feel like often if I think of my kids the one I found hardest was my first and I was going through a lot of personal stress and so you have this these two tracks you know I'm not sleeping very well or not feeling very calm within myself and whether that translates to him or like my decision making like that's that's the bit that gives me the shudders is you're trying to get your kid to sleep but you're also sleep deprived so you can't make rational decisions and you just yeah it's it's very difficult and then going through my children by the time it came to my third because you're more confident as a parent I could say to my husband no I'm going to do this night because I'm feeding her anyway you go and get some sleep and I do that without resentment because actually then you can pick up the pieces during the day but it it took the experience of the other two to be able to say no we don't all need to sink with the ship at once
1: totally and as you said that's so much about confidence having Mm. been there and knowing it will sort of well as we said it won't necessarily end because it's not in a straight line but it will get better and and that's why you know a lot of things we talk about are about wanting to give parents more confidence and make them feel empowered because that actually is should be the start point you know settling techniques white noise all of these things might be one thing but actually feeling good about what you're doing or feeling okay and confident
2: as a parent is equally as important and just being able to voice how you feel as well you know being able to say okay I don't like this or yes I can work with this is really important like I think a lot of parents get sucked into this trap of just thinking well you know I read this that this is normal somewhere so I just have to get on with it and then they suppress how they're really feeling it isn't then having emotional knock-on effects to absolutely everything and they don't know when it's okay to then hold their hands up and say actually this isn't okay and I can't cope with this and you know it it just spirals so fast so what starts out as maybe a baby who hasn't been quite as settled as they potentially could have been developmentally at that stage turns into two parents who Mm -hmm. then can't sleep themselves and have to start implementing some of the tools and techniques that we've been suggesting for babies they can then switch and actually start using for themselves so it, the, everything is so interconnected but the support and chat about it just doesn't open up enough opportunities for parents to be honest about how they're feeling
1: like you said at the start i do think we are obviously very passionate about sleep but i think it is this huge thing that sometimes we don't realize how important it is and actually rather than sleep getting better we know so much more about it mm-hmm. but it's getting worse because we have these terrible little things that we hold in our hands and like oh you know the way that we are living our lives now means that sleep is significantly worse now than it was even 20 years ago so it's like we have all this knowledge but we're ignoring it and we're going oh no I know better or I'm so like attached to this device um and uh, and the way that I work and the way that we well the way that we work and we the way we live our lives mm-hmm. is impacting
0: our circadian rhythm so much yeah you're so right and it's really interesting because number one, it beca- it's very triggering for people actually, both in in the baby realm, but generally, I think because yeah, mm-hmm. and it and it is you couldn't get more of a case of something that happens behind closed doors, and it's only when you begin to go, oh, actually, what time do you go to bed? Or uh, yeah, like another thing I wanted to talk to you about is that once my kids, once I realised there's a bit of Piccadilly Circus with the way my kids sleep, they've all got double beds, so that if as an adult you have to end up with them it's fine you know there are big phases when me and my husband don't share a bed and I don't feel panicked by that anymore because I think the fundamental for my relationship is that we both sleep but my what my point yeah. was I think I, I'm did like big into fitness and what I really understood as well as getting your nutrition right if you don't have your sleep right your training goes out the window but it is something that that we often kind of hope for the best with rather than actively prioritize would you agree sleep is
1: like um I hope this doesn't come out but sleep is like the best pill that you don't have to take like it is recovery for your brain and for your body like that's why it's so important for babies they use it to process absolutely everything and they are learning an absolute like tonne I was going to say shit ton, I'm not sure it's that podcasting <laughs> thing, <laughs> but they are they're learning so much um, and that's why they need all these naps um, to process all of that. Mm-hmm. And the, the same as adults, we use sleep to process the day and for our body to repair and that and our mind to repair essentially because we're processing the the millions of things our brain takes in that we don't even know that we are during the day and it's going right what's important and getting rid of it the stuff that isn't and like yeah as you say whether you know in terms of exercise like it is essential rest days are essential but sleep is totally Mm. essential as well
0: oh it's so fascinating I wore I always feel like I end up talking about this but I wore a glucose monitor for a bit out of interest you know, in terms of fitness and yeah. I could see when I was sleep deprived, how much bigger impact caffeine had on me, for example, or how much uh, there's bits when on the glucose monitor, I could see that I was trying to get my kids in the car and my cortisol levels were obviously affecting my, my glucose, but all of that, I could see my body's tolerance for everything was, yeah the baseline of that was how my sleep had been the, the day before so no wonder poor pet new parents like why it can be so difficult particularly in that first year of parenting because every, it's the context for everything isn't it
2: mm-hmm. yeah totally i think it's really hard as well for um new parents to understand or nationalize why they're getting so grumpy with each other because you know as children get older we can obviously speak to them about their behavior and we can communicate with them about their behavior and you're not going to do that to a baby, you know. You can't say I feel like this because you've had me up all night or anything. So it becomes, it, you know, it's included so in it the part. relationship, <laughs> yeah. And it really does just cause so many arguments. I think we've talked about it recently um, about the importance of not arguing over the cot in the middle of the night. But it's so hard for some people to stop that happening because you've just got each other to take it out on when you're feeling really, really rubbish. Well, and you mentioned cortisol spikes, like that's what you're, you know,
1: experiencing mm. as a parent as well, and why yeah. those arguments happen. But it is because you're tired
0: and you're, you know, your needs are not being fulfilled. That's it, it's the most classic argument. I'm tired, no, I'm tired, no, we're both tired. Yeah, and yeah. that is, as you say, essentially saying... There is literally no winning. No, we're both tired and it sucks. Yeah, and exactly. When it happens for the first time, that's a really difficult place to put yourself because it is this valuable resource and you you feel like you're taking from one another all the time and everything feels more difficult, doesn't it?
2: Definitely.
1: They did these studies in um, the 60s in France where they um, where they put people in caves to see what happened to their circadian rhythms and um, they basically either started sleeping for really long periods of time or no, no time at all like that's you know light and how we set our days is so important but not only that. They, uh, huge numbers of the people had to leave because their mental health got so bad. So it's like, but we're sort of living in caves, mm-hmm. <laughs> both as a new parent and in some ways how we live our lives being inside a lot and mm-hmm. um, how we use uh, artificial light.
0: Yeah, so if, do you think that that is really important to actively try and get outside as as a tool for... Um, oh, 100%. Definitely. Like, mm-hmm. we say that with the kids
1: like if in doubt go out mm-hmm. but um in the getting daylight in the morning or getting any kind of daylight just being outside for ideally an hour a day it has a, has an impact on on your circadian rhythm but most importantly is morning light actually and they've shown that um having that morning light can be um the one of the most powerful things in in uh, in terms of dealing with depression. So as a new parent, particularly if you're dealing with hormonal things, um, which can be really awful having been there. And as the last thing you might want to do is get out. But sometimes it can be really, really good to get out with your baby. But obviously, if it's going to cause you more stress, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's getting the balance. Yeah. <laughs> but That's so interesting, isn't it? Because you kind of know that in yourself, you know, oh, if I get my kind of best foot forward straight up the the rest of the day tends to follow and vice versa but actually there is some science behind that that could well be because you're getting that yeah that daylight into you whereas I always thought it was just kind of an energy thing but it it, yeah that translates how fascinating
1: it sort of it helps well we talked about cortisol and you talk about it being a bad thing but it can also be a good thing like that also like you know when you go to bed you, you know your body starts, um when it gets dark and um, you, your body creates hormone melatonin and that's obviously what helps you go to sleep and you can buy over the counter in america <laughs> um and and then in the morning we actually use cortisol to to get us up and that's what sets the body clock that your body will then start <clears throat> producing melatonin about 14 hours later for adults obviously it's different for kids um so cortisol isn't a bad thing but we feel like it is but we need to use light to kind of encourage it in in ourselves which obviously well we live in Scotland yeah. it's really hard to do <laughs> in the winter here and um, but yeah that's that's kind of how it works from a from a science sciencey perspective I suppose oh, that's so fun but we talk a lot about bedtime routines and parenthood and um like we also, which not not that everyone does, we talk about awake routines mm-hmm. with babies. um Your morning routine being as important, and
2: I think that's really true. Yeah, definitely. I think you know it, it's true from both sides, from the parents and the babies, but and the children. You know, when you change your mindset. So if you've been up and had a broken night, and um, you'd approach the morning, if you can just flick that switch and be positive, and just walk back into the room. You know, leave the room if you've been settling, walk back into the room and be all jolly and good morning they seem to get up <laughs> it does just really help everybody kind of start on the best foot you don't always feel it inside but you know opening the curtains and getting that flood of natural light and just putting that positive head on can really help I mean you do hear about like these wild Hollywood routines of things where people
1: are getting up at half four to do exercise and they'll only have I don't know kombucha or something (laughs) like that I mean you know whatever floats your boat but actually there are you know there are other things
2: that can I did it because there's that book isn't there the the um, morning routine and I did do it during lockdown actually kombucha and getting up at half four I, to I, well I didn't get up at half four but I got up at five and started with like a meditation and then did a little bit journaling and then did my exercise all before anyone else had spoken to me and it did make a big difference like I felt so much better even though I still wasn't getting any more sleep because I just don't I felt better for actually starting the day like that so you, you were choosing to
1: get up at five I literally <laughs> couldn't do that I'm like I would rather try <laughs> I would rather try and eke out as much sleep from the night that's going to my morning routine
0: (laughs) but I think there's a really important thing that's knocking around here about being like okay not in terms of baby but in terms of adulthood being okay with what works for you as well I always remember being embarrassed I really would like to go to bed early I'm definitely a morning person and and um yeah go to bed early person and I I always thought that wasn't very cool and that, you know, I oh, wish I could stay up past midnight. But some people are just wired like that. I think there's some tech companies yeah. who try and accept that if you let people work and, you know, for me, actually, an eight till three day would be a brilliant day for me. But other people might be mm-hmm. a, a midday to 10pm, whatever, you know. Yeah, to- oh, so uh,
2: really like that, if you could just you know work out what was right for you and work around that I think work productivity would just go so you'd be much working harder. 24 hours <laughs> no but as I think like personally I think for me if I slept between probably 5 p.m and 7 p.m that would be my first two hours and then again between midnight and 2 a.m and I think that would be me absolutely perfect so it is funny how you know so maybe actually if I gave myself a chance to go to bed at five o'clock I wonder if I would then sleep in like 12 hours you have to try that I mean it's not Get very useful it. yeah <laughs> you've got kids.
1: no I'm a total I'm a morning person as well definitely mm. and I totally feel you like you know I, I would always be the one well ghosting kind of meant like uh, you know in like trying to leave the pub early <laughs> without telling <laughs> anyone because I really wanted to go to bed I think did that not happen at the book launch as oh well? yeah it's a it's a bit of a classic for me. Um but yeah, I, I like I love going to bed, but I also I am someone who gets up in the morning and and I would say I don't know if you know you you can see that with your kids, Clemmy, but like um I have well I don't know with the littlest one, but my daughter is like my husband wants to stay up really late and she would sleep in, and whereas my son, he's just like me. He loves
0: going to bed and then in the morning he's, he's like, like- I'm awake let's party <laughs> it's so funny my first was always an early riser I was like one day we'll kind of beat it out of him he's 10 he wakes up at yeah. 6 <laughs> every single day he's probably going to do that for the rest of his life and it's just like oh I mean I laugh now at that that all those efforts trying to get him to sleep till seven he's not wired to sleep till seven and then my yeah my second will again- sleep
2: till nine if he's given half the chance Totally. I think that's a real misconception around children's sleep as well, that, you know, they will sleep until seven if you've decided that this is the routine. And it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's on social media. It's in all the books that you can kind of pick and choose. And that's why we sort of emphasize the fact that, you know, really anything from 6 a.m. is morning time. And you can see some poor parents, like, look at you with horror when you say, well, really, 6 a.m. is morning time. And it's like, what? No. Like, I'm used to sleeping until nine. I not know anymore.
1: <laughs> it does amaze me. Like- you know when it comes to the weekend or even just during the week but how much you get done as a parent <laughs> by like nine o'clock in the morning you've been like yeah I've like baked some bread and i like, put <laughs> however many loads of laundry on and I've like made, done some crafts like I mean that makes me sound I'm much more say. accomplished but some days it's
0: like that 100% but I think also I really want to out that like I like to go to bed early thing because I if someone invites me for dinner it's like oh we'll meet at 8 30 it's just like absolutely not like and and i used to feel terrible about that and i i have now found a crew of people who are really up for meeting for dinner at 6 p.m and try and be home for half nine, ten, and and that's okay
2: we were saying that just a couple of weeks ago actually like because we've been trying for two years to actually get a social event in our diaries and we were both like actually a lunch is better than a dinner for us, just for the way that we work and our body clocks are. So Sarah laughs because I talk about kids tea, which is like she's like
1: makes me think that you're on holiday and like um. But you know, I love a kids tea. Like, yeah. give me dinner at six o'clock and I can be in bed by ten. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think that's but uh, yeah, there's definitely this thing about what, yeah, what's expected and what what yeah. For me, well, I definitely didn't feel cool because I couldn't stay up all night. But yeah. I I think you're really now
1: though with all this stuff about you know all these like habits of getting up super early and you know maybe it's cooler like I feel like more
0: fashionable yeah exactly (laughs) but also just not to I I, I want to touch on something you talked about earlier this kind of for me in the the worst patches of sleep I then layered kind of shame and anxiety and Mm -hmm. feeling like I was failing and yeah just going into this sense of doom each day and that that is what can become the real spiral isn't it
1: yeah well I mean it has as we've talked it has a huge impact sleep has a huge impact on your your mental health and as you said too that you know the worse that gets the harder it is to make rational decisions about it I think um and so you know it's good to like we're joking about it and things like that but there is obviously a serious component Mm -hmm. to it because it it has a massive impact on mental health we're talking about having babies but on postpartum depression as well um and so that's why that's why we care about it so much because it really does have these like long reaching fingers into every single
0: aspect of our life yeah I think you're right it's it's one of it's a classic case of any of these thorny subjects you kind of want to give them the gravitas they deserve but hold it quite lightly so that it doesn't become yes all encompassing it's really hard balance isn't it between doing good sleep hygiene but also trying to find some acceptance with it when you need to totally I mean it is like that um it's like
1: a psychology study where you know don't don't think about red buses and then you, you think about red buses all the time and and sleep so like that because mm-hmm. you're like you quite often when you can't sleep you're lying there going I just want to sleep I want to sleep I want to sleep and that's often the worst thing to help you get to sleep so talking about that you, you don't want to go into it with this amount of pressure that's like oh my god sleep is the most important thing in my entire life because that is just
0: going to make you
2: not sleep not sleep
0: yeah. <laughs> I always, I was in preparing for this I was researching about insomnia and it's one of those I actually really didn't want to go too deep on the research because I think it's a bit like that red bus thing I was last week not sleeping very well at all waking very very early and I was like oh no the more I kind of research this it kind of gets into your psyche mm-hmm. is there such a thing as actual in, in, incurable insomnia or is it a condition that people can have
2: I don't know factually I would imagine yes but I wouldn't know from a yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be view. able to answer yeah. that
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it it's as I was reading it I was thinking if if you kind like any of the
1: like do you mean if you could if you can never sleep what would yeah, happen well, to you like if, would if, you die not
0: if you could die but I, I feel like it, it sits in a place of any of the challenge mental health challenges my theory is there are there is always levers you can pull to try and shift the dial. It doesn't mean that you would, will end up being an excellent sleeper, but I also hope that it isn't a case that you have to resign yourself to terrible sleep
2: for the rest of your life. No, I think, I think there's still good habits that you can put in place. So, you know, like parents that we've worked with that after, you know, fixing or helping with baby sleep, then there's tools that they can put in place to help them. And I don't think uh, well, I'd say that there's a percentage of the clients that I work with who sleep never returns to what they had or what they thought they had before having children, mm-hmm. so there's that side of it that you know sleep does change you know developmentally as adults as well as children, it does change um and I know you hear a lot of sort of the older generation, like my dad, who's in his seventies now. He really struggles with sleep. So, you know, he's it's almost like it's done a three sixty and he's back to where he was when he was a baby with broken nights and the inability to get to sleep easily without some form of help. And for him it seems to come from the T V. So, you know, he'll get up at two o'clock in the morning and then fall asleep in front of the telly. So yeah, I think and I think he's designed himself to the fact that he's never gonna get solid night sleep again.
1: I think we often underreport how much sleep we're getting as well Mm. I mean like obviously devices have kind of led to that but you know and that's really true as parents because it feels so broken and there is quite a big difference obviously between your sleep state so if you are in like active sleep or you know you're um, having REM sleep you're in a less deep sleep and that can feel less restorative than obviously a deeper level of sleep and that's very true I think once you become a parent full stop it is very hard to go back to a place of, of deep sleep for long periods of time, because it's almost like you've always got a bit of an ear open. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's true in lots of other, you know, jobs or situations as well, horrible, horrific situations, that you don't kind of manage to to get that deep sleep, which I think is why we, we say mm-hmm. we've got less, even though we actually technically have been asleep for longer. Yeah, I think that's but I think that there are all the things that we talk about in terms of and um, baby sleep that can help you in terms of of adult sleep if you like are for people who are struggling with sleep the, the more severe, se- se- the more severe cases of insomnia may have much more deeper implications in terms of you know what medications you're taking or illnesses that you might have and that's obviously a much harder thing for us we, we can't talk yeah. about that because we're not do- doctors
0: yeah so oh, it's it's so interesting, that thing that we, we assume we've had less. I, I remember that, that fateful thing of every time my firstborn woke up looking at the <laughs> phone and being like, oh, God, it's been 45 minutes. And then actually by the time I got to my third child, I never looked. I was like, I, never, I don't need to know what time it is that I've been awake. Because yeah, yeah. even that, that, that little feedback loop in your head of what time it is, how long since I last slept, you've already kind of woken your brain up more than is... good for you I think there's that hilarious thing where you you try and remember it all night and then you wake up in the morning and actually your brain has forgotten it and I think that's for good reason isn't it we don't actually need to know that data Mm -hmm. sometimes totally um we're we're really big fans of like things like white noise we were talking
1: Mm -hmm. about it um for babies but also it's good good for adults like I really feel at the moment I'm not getting into those that deep sleep and um, and having not long moved my son out of our room when he had a white noise machine on all night genuinely think I was sleeping better with, with that in so I said to my husband I was like I think we should get a white noise machine in our room
0: <laughs> just for us <laughs> to block out the children What, what, what was it when uh, it sounds like your kids are similar ages as you and the dreams the, the dream sheep or something i actually don't think I could. oh you oh, and... I don't think yeah. I could hear that sound I think it would uh <laughs> triggered me so badly because it, w- it was on a cycle wasn't it and it, if it came back round to the beginning you're like oh no we're all still awake and again I can't I don't <laughs> yeah. need to know
1: 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. isn't long enough you know no. that was the thing like back in the day the 20 20- you're like are you kidding me nobody's asleep in 20 <laughs> minutes at
0: the clock all the time of course you're not going to fall asleep in 20
2: minutes oh <laughs> the job that I was at last night um it was really windy i don't know if it was windy yeah. here last night but it was really really windy and um around about two o'clock this morning i was discussing the wind with the parents and they were like oh do you want some earplugs and i was like no no it's actually lovely listening to the wind rather than shh, shh, shh. <laughs> i'm haunted by these
0: baby noises That's your pink, now. No? I, um, I mean uh, the more i'm talking about it, the more i realize i got quite a lot of trauma around that time i recorded myself shushing <laughs> and then I could play it to my son it didn't it didn't work a, it like no I, my son went
1: through a phase of like wanting when he was probably about two of wanting to talk about the day I'd obviously started doing that but he just wanted me to do it on loop, basically, until he went to sleep. So I tried to record it onto one of these, um, like these kind of button things that you get <laughs> for for people who are older, who can't remember things, <laughs> so that he could push the button. Anyway, no, that, that that didn't work anyway. I mean, it is the crazy things that we do to
0: try and find sleep for our kids and for ourselves. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on, because there's in this subject, there's obviously some more controversial ends of the spectrum, or not controversial, but that are deemed to be controversial um controversial for example co-sleeping which I was totally against and by the end I co-slept
2: and, uh, yeah. because
0: that is what worked for me and not- I don't think that's a journey yeah. for a lot of parents yeah. all right yeah I mean same as all things parenting so we've got the kind of different ends of kind of cry out methods of sleep training and also co-sleeping and what are your thoughts around either of
2: those things so everyone should be supported in everything that they choose to do. Um, I, as a sleep consultant, don't work with cry it out or control crying. Um, I don't think you need to. Um, I think there's always other ways of supporting the baby and the parents. And I think, again, like we said at the start, it is, a lot of it is about supporting the parents. And when they feel supported, then they're able to support the baby. So it's, it's looking at the bigger picture rather than just saying this is what this is what you need to do and this is going to work because there isn't a one size fits all and so cry out and control crying they don't work but I mean they will work for some people of course but they don't work for mm. everybody and there's so many other options there co-sleeping I honestly think you would struggle to find any parent that could honestly hand on heart say that they've never co-slept at some point point. Um I, I know I didn't co-sleep as when mine were babies but when um when me and my um ex-husband separated my uh, at different times all three of mine came into my bed and co-slept for a while because that's what they Mm. needed so um yeah I think I think sometimes it's what you need as a parent too and that's okay to hold your hands uh up and say that yeah and I think I think a lot of parents feel like there's again it's that peer pressure and you know they they feel like they have to choose when actually you don't have mm. to choose you, do, you can do everything at different points and when you do it you're doing it because it's working for you at that point and everything that you've started you can change when you're ready mm. to change so it's kind of rewriting that idea that sleep is something that you have to only follow one way for because yeah. you don't you can pick and choose and mix and match and it will all work out in the end
1: yeah this idea of like parenting like uh you know methodologies like is do, it, it sort of makes people or it makes people feel like they have to choose mm-hmm. what what they're going to follow and most of us pick and choose different things at different times because they work with at different points in our life but also um with different mm-hmm. children if we have more than one um and i think you know we really want there to be no judgment if if you have chosen to do cry out and it's worked for you you know it's not going to is not going to harm your child and I think that's something that people obviously feel strongly about as long as you're safely doing there are other ways but um you know it's it's really important that parents don't end up feeling worse about the choices they've made at points and because that they feel like they can't make a different one there are so many decisions that you make every day for your child like from the super banal you know what breakfast bowl they're gonna yeah. have to the obviously the more important one and it's really overwhelming and so if you just take that judgment and pressure away those decisions become easier because you're not
0: you're, you're kind of you're not weighing up all this other external information So true isn't it it's so true is it the, the end of the day in especially in that acute bit you're trying to get more sleep in whatever means necessary and if yeah. that for me in the end it looked it looked like co-sleeping but if you you sleep better with your child out of the room once they're of that age then that's the right approach to you it's much like weaning when I remember again with my first like oh do you do baby led or do you do whatever the other one is like spoon fed and then by the end with my third I mean let's be real she's my third I threw toast at her but you you (laughs) do a bit of both and like show me a a five-year-old that doesn't eat show me a five-year-old that doesn't broadly sleep all right eventually you do get there but you there there is no manual yeah there are things you can do and I think it's about having things that you feel like you like
1: to help you feel like you're in a bit more control and having things that you know you can use so yeah you do tend to get five-year-olds who will sleep in uh, but they might also yeah. struggle and if if mm-hmm. you if you've got things that you can utilize to help them whether that is co-sleeping because that works for you or it's other techniques different kinds mm-hmm. of settling techniques we joked about white noise but you know that that can still work for older children as well as oh, adults as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's true as we wind towards the end are there any kind of I don't want to reveal all your secrets but are there kind of top tips like the um, getting outside anything that anyone who's in a dire state not right now might be able to work into their life
2: for for adults or for children or for both I think the one or the two that are closely connected and work for adults and children are having the awake routine and having the bedtime mm. routine it's like bookending and, your yeah, day basically definitely. having
1: us having a consistent start point and end point to your day and what that looks like
2: yeah and just be careful with what it looks like because i think when um, people hear about hear the word routine they feel like it needs to be really mm. in depth and detailed and it doesn't you know the morning routine can be as simple as walking into the room smiling using a sort of standard good morning line and opening the curtains and that's your morning routine so it doesn't need to take half an hour it can literally take 30 seconds and the same with bedtime you know it doesn't need to involve a bath and a massage and you know a meditation and all (laughs) yeah it can be five ten minutes worth of bedtime routine but it's still a routine that works for everyone
1: yeah
2: and and getting outside i think Mm -hmm. and getting some daylight or using
1: daylight to to help you if you are struggling which can be hard in the winter in lots of places but it's it's an important part of your day even when it's blowing a hoolie. yeah I think yeah. I'm
0: going to really take that on board I'm just trying to think back to the last couple of weeks and we've been on half term this week so quite often we've end up doing stuff at home and then getting out of the house later on but I'm wondering if the days when we have got out it has later on worked out to be a better a better night, so it's it's just such an easy thing, isn't it? Just like actually, come on, when we get up tomorrow, we are all gonna get up, get dressed, and kind of get on with the day. And I think, for whatever reason, that definitely, yeah, definitely does help. I'm laughing at you, um, saying good morning. I've now got a ten year old who finds it offensive if I even try and open the curtains in the morning. He's like, no, it's like, you turned <laughs> into a vampire,
2: vampire. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so he's like. He's just turned eleven, and he's the same. He's just like why are you doing
1: Nothing that i know i think all of the things that we've been talking about you can kind of discount well preteens and teenagers <laughs> in because you know a lot of yeah. those things are not going to work in that small period of
0: time but also it's so interesting that bedtime routine because i know of myself i know you know that i ought to be trying to get into bed at 10 and then you get into a good series and i push that for a week and i go to bed nearer 11 yeah. and, lo and behold yeah. like just 10 minutes more
1: and then suddenly it's yeah, an episode yeah and then lo
0: and behold like by the end of the week i'm like, oh, I'm not really feeling very good in myself and life's feeling a bit difficult and it's and it's not that i can't go to bed later but i just know where i need to try and push myself back to and i think that's mm-hmm. how i try and view all, all of this kind of self-help that's a bit of a horrible term stuff it, it's knowing what are the things that work for you and, and exist with them loosely but i think it's really helpful to know to have those to go back to
1: think phones um you know we've we've only really touched on it but it's such a massive thing you know you might watch that series which is fine but then you go to your bed and you've got your phone you're plugging it in beside you and you you have a look at it you'll randomly go on some sort of social media and you'll have a scroll and you know we all know that blue light isn't good for us but we can't help ourselves because it's meant to be addictive and then and and conversely talking about morning routines like I've I've been really trying to not immediately pick up my phone and like look at the news mm. or something like that like I worked on kids programs back in the day and a new kids news program and um we we did they did all this research and that we're much more emotional in those early stages in the morning so the kind of the the news that you can consume um affects you more at that time but I definitely find that for me both in the morning and at the end of the day I'm much more emotional and um and, and yet that's often when we choose to both scroll on social media and um, and read or look at the news. And and I think that for, for me, you're saying, you know, these are the things that you need to know about. I have to be quite strict mm. with myself about those things yeah. because I know how much it impacts my mental health.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure there's a kind of role modeling thing there as well, isn't there? It's like I'm quite so often trying to extract my children from screens and then meanwhile spending the last hour of my day scrolling whilst watching tv it's like you know yeah as a household I think we've touched on at the beginning and it's such an important thing to think of yourselves as this organism that all kind of work together and the problem is if you are in a family and one person's in a terrible mood it can it can go through the whole family so we do need to try and work as one on this
1: uh, in terms of personalities, I say that like some of us are the weather and some of us are like the weather present. I used to know how to do that. But like um, my husband and my daughter, the weather, they come in and it is their mood that impacts the whole rest of the house. Whereas I feel like my son and I are trying to work out how everyone's feeling, how we can make everyone OK and how we're going to manage that weather
2: That's today. That's
0: isn't it? I, do, I usually ask at the beginning what star signs people are. What star sign are you both?
2: um i'm right on the cusp of capricorn and sagittarius i don't think i knew that yeah i'm, I'm aries oh, yeah. You know, i'm a are pisces you? so
0: emotion but pisces just... yeah i know i remember know it. about pisces <laughs> <laughs> well, well
1: pisces and aries like there, are are similarities <laughs> i guess and kind of close <laughs> in terms of um, Vibes. Uh, where they fall in um, the year it's interesting Pisces are the philosophers, yes, they're right?
0: they're forever in an emotional spiral. But I've got a, a, an Aries moon, so my energy is quite um, Arian. Yeah, bullish. bullish. It's a bit bad. Like, I'm <laughs> bullish and then emotional, bullish and then emotional. I'm kind of doing my own head in. But it's kind of yeah. interesting. I've got, I've got two my husband and um, one of my sons are the fire signs and then my others are very thinky kind of signs. And it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting that the family dynamics and that's why with every child that you have, it has, it has to shift constantly, doesn't it? Totally, totally. Mm-hmm.
1: The dynamic Definitely. changes and, and like that goes for every single part
0: as well mm-hmm. as yeah. sleep. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? It is. And, and yeah, uh, there's a, so it's such a fascinating subject, isn't it? Because it, as you if you have bad sleep then often for me then I start making bad food choices not bad I don't not demonizing any foods but ones, yeah I drink more caffeine will eat more sugar and then by the end of the day that it's probably going to make the next night's sleep bad and it, it, it's just I keep saying it, it's just trying to unravel things a bit and with any of these spirals start working your way back up it to feel like you're in a more positive place mm-hmm. well we
1: have, like, we have needs. We talk about, you know, you have food needs and you have sleep needs and sometimes they can be a bit interchangeable and quite often, like, so often, um, I notice my daughter will go to bed and she keeps telling me she's hungry um, and I'm like you're she'll have had a massive dinner she'll have had a plate but actually what she is is tired but she mm-hmm. just she doesn't like going to sleep so she kind of confuses that need and I think that's also true you've had a bad night's sleep you've maybe had a night out you know we use food to kind of replace the sleep that we've lost and right. sometimes that can work in our fa- in your favor like we talk you know in, in both in the book and in podcast like when Um, babies are dropping naps or they're struggling to get to kind of the next stage of course you you know you're a parent you whip out the rice cakes or whatever you can use food to get them on to to the next step of of when they need to go to sleep Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that's that's it is about fulfilling needs and they are interchangeable but sometimes obviously if you're fulfilling those needs as you say with less good things that that can have an impact and clearly coffee is amazing but it can it, it it has an
0: impact too so true and it's, it's funny that thing that you say about yeah when they're saying they're hungry it's it's tiredness because it's such a certain thing to tune into it's so weird is that as a kid you just like spend all your time resisting sleep and then you become an adult you know all I want to do is go to bed but I think they have to learn what tired feels like and I've never really thought about that before mm-hmm, yeah Definitely. This is a complete aside. but I've also...
1: And they might know what tired feels like, but they might not want to actually close their eyes
0: and go to sleep. So it's easier to say, I'm oh, hungry. Yeah. Well, my daughter often forgets how to close her eyes and it's like, oh, just try it. <laughs> just try it. Oh, sometimes it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those, is it? It's going to be one of those. Like, yeah. I've also had a thing in my house where I really realize that I think my kids are quite often dehydrated that sounds awful but I've just been like some sometimes get to lunchtime ever any of you had any water today no wonder you're all cross you're thirsty and yeah I think when when you've got a smaller children you're very clued up into doing that and then they get to an age you're like oh you know if they're, if they're thirsty
1: then... well again that's like a need quite often when you're you think you're hungry and actually you're thirsty like it's just I think we, gra- we gravitate towards hunger being yeah. the, the, the solution to everything <laughs> but my my husband is like I don't know some sort of like he's insane with what he, I thinks. everyone is just thirst, dehydrated <laughs> all the time like you know you're in labor have you had some water <laughs> you know I've stubbed my toe
0: have some water <laughs> have to, I'm a subscriber to your husband's website so then you look at our current yeah. generation and they're like do you want a glass of water with lunch or that oh no I had one at breakfast <laughs> how are you not all dirty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay doing. a couple of questions to end number one where can people find you and what do you want to shout about so they can go and search you out you're better at shouting <laughs> than me <laughs> um we are at the sleep mums
1: on instagram facebook tiktok we've dabbled in youtube but um, still not, don't quite know what we're doing with that and um, most importantly we have our podcast which is also called the sleep mums and um, which we focus mostly on baby and toddler sleep but there's lots of stuff in there for um, parents uh, and adults as well things about like parent guilt and um, and we have our book sleep better baby which is available in all good bookshops and online um, and that's a look at the sort of first 16 months really of of sleep for for babies and as you said you know we want it to be supportive to parents and empowering to parents and certainly not patronizing um, and it's kind of it's a it's a group of guidelines that can support you well past the 16 months but that's kind of the age that it focuses that's on
0: Exactly, it. you need some guidelines don't you you don't need a manual where if you miss that window I just remember some of those early yeah exactly like, it's quarter yeah. past ten and he's still awake my whole day is ruined yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah no it's not like that
0: at all <laughs> and also we
1: have stuff about coming back from a bad day so your day isn't <laughs> ruined and about hacking routines because they're not for uh, everyone
0: and I think actually sorry as we we're talking when I was reading through your work there is we we've touched on something but if the world, if you've got a new baby and the world is feeling very, very difficult for you, you know, I think I was confused with, with my first postpartum experience that what I was feeling was just normal and was just that it's meant to feel that shit. And of course it is. But
2: yeah, I think there's a real message to seek help, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. You can get help. Everybody can get help and everybody should know that they can ask for help. And there's definitely no, there should never, ever be any shame in
1: doing so because it is really, yeah. really hard. <laughs> like, it is hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, these are real things that so often go mm-hmm. um, undiagnosed just because you're like, oh, I've got to suck this up or it's just new parenting. And that definitely shouldn't be the case. So that's kind of very serious bit of messaging that if, if it, the world is feeling really bleak, please please just tell someone i think rather than suffer in
2: silence
1: yeah yeah and yeah, there plenty. is there is help out there and you know lots mm-hmm. of great places like pandas and yeah sands and lullaby trust obviously
0: for safe sleep it's a good place to I'll go to, to as well show notes to help people and then one last another whopper question if you could have an honest conversation with one person who would it be and what would you say each of you
1: my one-year-old <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know what he's saying at the moment <laughs> everything's up
2: <laughs> gosh I don't know but probably my um my 10 year old and it's a conversation that I think we will or my now 11 year old he was eleven last week but I think it's a conversation that we will have at some point um but it would be about how the separation impacted mm-hmm. him because I think out of the three of them he was the one that was probably the most vulnerable so I think one day in the future that will happen. But, um, yeah, he's still too young just now. So.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure if it's something that you're aware of, it. The, uh, I like to think that these conversations, difficult conversations in time do happen. It's just putting them in your awareness, isn't it? Yes.
2: It's... it's just finding the
0: right time
1: I for think... everybody. And so. I think you
0: always give him
1: space. The space mm. and support to be able to sort come you're Going to feel emotional. It's just come <laughs> yeah, off <exactly>. night <laughs> I mean,
0: That's a big one. Um, yeah, well, that's that's the whole point, isn't it? What's the thing? If it's a difficult conversation, it's worth having. It's just n- n- knowing Definitely. when to have it. Probably mm-hmm. not off the back of <laughs> no sleep. <laughs>
1: not off the back of a night shift well that's also you know we say don't don't try and talk about sleep yeah. around sleep time <laughs> or big it's things so mm-hmm. true yeah that's so, so true, true
0: isn't it you got to try and have your wearables about you and as for your one-year-old like you're... I hate
1: I hate that adage like um don't go to sleep in an argument because I think having an argument between the hours of six and ten is worse wait till the next day to (laughs) have it yeah so
0: true well it's like our grandparents always said you know sleep on it when you can but sleep on it because everything feels horrendous in that in that window when you're trying to get to sleep doesn't it yeah you suddenly when you can't sleep and you're going through everything you've ever done ever rot and just oh and then in the morning it's like why am I even caring about that it's fine totally oh, the irrational mind yeah. is killer well thank you so much ladies i think for mainly for a massive bit thank of reassurance you. for people that it will be all right there's there's stuff that you can do and that you're really really not alone exactly in finding particularly that um that's that baby bit tough because it it's legitimately tough definitely no well
1: thanks so much for having us yeah, on we loved you. it it was
0: great that was a great chat uh, I'm a big fan of sleep. I mean, everybody likes sleep, don't they? But I, at periods in my life, I've been extremely obsessed and anxious about sleep because if, if I don't get it, I'm not very good. And obviously when you have small kids, that isn't very easy. But I well and truly lost my mind with my, with my firstborn. And lots of that is was to do with the adjustment of becoming a parent, but also because I just didn't know how to help him sleep. And then when I did learn how to help him sleep, I didn't know how to sleep myself. So I absolutely recommend that the work that the the girls do. I think that um, they put it across in such a brilliant way. Also, as I've gone away from this episode, I worry that at some point I sounded like I might have been suggesting that Insomnia doesn't exist or that I don't know what, I, I feel like I came across wrong. Insomnia sounds like the worst thing ever. So if anyone is an insomniac, I'm sorry if that's the case. And I have absolute empathy for you because it must be very, very difficult. And that's a wrap. That's another episode of Bot Wide Done. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here and for listening. Please join me next time for more on his chats. I say it often, but if you could, rate, review and subscribe and share it with your mates. It makes a huge difference. I'm always trying to get this into as many ears as possible. Or come and find us at But Why Podcast on Instagram. I am going to go and have a coffee. It's fine. I was just looking at the time, i.e., the sleep thing. I am absolutely vigilant. I really can't have coffee much later than three, which we're fine. So I'm going to go and have a coffee. Wishing you a lovely day and catch you next time. Bye bye.